Episode 20, welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. It's very hard to believe that we are at episode 20 already. It feels like I just launched, and so I would definitely encourage you to check out all the episodes in case you've missed any. There's been some amazing guests on, and I promise you there's many more amazing guests to come. I would like to tell you real quick about my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash discerningdad. I rebranded it. I did some tips and tricks to hopefully gain some more subscribers, and I would so appreciate it if you would take the time to subscribe to it as well. You can find a link for it in the show notes, as well as my Patreon, a great way to support this podcast. If you appreciate what I'm doing and the content that I'm putting out there, there are costs associated with doing what I do. And so I'd appreciate if you come alongside me for as little as $3 a month and be a Patreon member. There's a list of my Patreons who I love on discerning-dad.com. Check it out. And for today, Isaac David is on my podcast. He has a book called Letter to My Father. He has a ministry called Daily Disciple. He has some great content, and we have a great conversation in store for you. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Well, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're with me. And I am excited to be joined by an author. He's an online personality, social media influencer. Uh, he has a ministry we'll talk about. But Isaac David is with me today. So welcome to the show, Isaac. Hey, I'm super, super excited to be with you here, Tim. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. And, and thanks for coming on. You know, it's been one of those things, you know, we've seen each other online, mostly through TikTok here and there. Um, but it's good to connect and just kind of chat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing different people online and having some sort of connection, maybe a comment here, a comment there, a DM there. But it's just good to see your face and be able to talk to you in person because that sometimes is, is rare on social media. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for all the bad that people say about TikTok, it's got one of the best Christian communities that I've seen, you know, even compared to, I mean, Instagram, Facebook, that there's so many influencers on there that just, you know, we're on the same team and everyone's supportive of each other. You know, you have some drama here and there, but for the most part, there's, it's such a good platform to spread the word of God. And that's not how it intended, you know, it was intended for dancing and, and videos and, and ungodly things, you know, sometimes on the page, but it's cool to see God have a platform on there. And uh, so thanks for what you do. And um, for everyone listening, just let everyone know about you and, and a little bit about your ministry. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my name is Isaac David. Um, I am, I guess you could call me an influencer. I don't like using that term, but that's kind of the terminology we use nowadays. Um, I, I love to create content online to help people follow Jesus. That is my mission. That's my, you know, for two years now, I've been putting out content consistently. And it's just one of those things where I just felt God really pulling my heart in this direction after having some exposure to social media and video production and that kind of thing. And so I began Daily Disciple Ministry a couple of years ago, and uh, I've been creating content ever since and continuing to grow that platform with the mission of helping people follow Jesus daily. And, you know, it, it sounds simple, but at the end of the day, the gospel is something a child can understand. And that's really what I want to communicate is that it's not, you know, theology and, and, and is great. And we ought to be in pursuit of that. 
but we got to get back to the fundamentals of just walking with Jesus in our daily lives. And that's right. what I'm passionate about. I love that. It's yeah, it's, it's simple, but it can be built upon for a lifetime. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely so good. So when did you, when did you start being a Christian? What was your influences to, to go down that path? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was raised in a Christian household to give you a little bit of background about my life. I have seven siblings awesome. and to some people, even up in Canada here, they're like, what the heck? What the seven siblings? That's crazy. <laughs> and what's even more crazy is my, my parents, my mom homeschooled us all. And so I, um, I was raised up in a Christian household, a homeschooling household. And so from early on, I, I heard the gospel. I heard about Jesus, um, but there was always a disconnect. I knew that Jesus died for my sins, but at the same time, I thought I needed to be a good person in order to go to heaven. And it wasn't until around 11 years old when I came across a ministry called Living Waters. I'm not sure mm. if you're familiar, but yeah. Great Comforts Ministry. And he talks a lot about the law and the gospel yeah. and going through the Ten Commandments and, so, and showing that, look, none of us actually meet the standard of God. And that was my, like, it clicked for me in that moment when I realized I broke all the commandments yeah. many times over. And seeing that God was so merciful in, like, forgiving me and sacrificing his son on my behalf, like, the gospel became real for me at around, like, 11 years old. And from then on, man, I was just like trying to share the gospel with all my friends and going to basketball games and basketball tournaments. And, and I got a lot of stories and actually some are in the book that you, that, that, that I wrote. Um, it's, it's so crazy to see how God takes just a little, just understanding the gospel and leads you on a path to just, what do you have for me, God? Where, where do you see um, me in, in your kingdom and just following him in that? That's so cool. And how you've been faithful to that call and how, you know, you don't need, 20, 30 years of experience to do that. You just need to have a passion and listen to God. And I commend you wholeheartedly for, you know, when I was in my early twenties, you know, I was, I was following God, but you know, the platform that you are able to have, especially nowadays with social media and be able to do so much good and to reach people that in the past you would have to, I don't know, get a mic at a church and, and talk to people, you know, but to be able to spread the word of God in this new age we're in, it's so cool to see younger influencers out there like yourself, you know, pursuing God wholeheartedly, reaching the lost. And so, you know, great job for that. And to be able Appreciate to listen it. to God and, and write a book, we're going to talk about that, but that's, that's amazing too. So. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I know social media. It's, it's amazing, right? It is like you, you ne never in the history of Christianity have we had the opportunity to share the gospel like we do now. And like you are super passionate about, it. I see your content all the time and it's amazing. And like, you're able to reach so many people and, and impact so many people's lives with just the click of a button. So it's an amazing time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. So let's uh, do some icebreaker questions to get to know you a little bit. So I always like to ask people what their favorite movie of all time is. See, I, and, and you sent me this question ahead of time. And I was like, I don't know if I have an yeah. answer for that. But the one that, that is most recent that I just love and actually has some really great morals to it, even though it's a little bit, you know, it's called The Quiet Place with John Krasinski. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah. But, That's a good one. but it, it, uh, it's one of those movies where it just kind of like takes your whole, you know, attention and you're kind of, you know, just your heart skipping a beat. And at the end, there's really just great symbolism in terms of just even self-sacrifice and that yeah. kind of thing. And I, I was brought to tears and people are surprised when they hear that, but I cry every time I watch that movie. <laughs> we would have had the sequel by now if it wasn't for COVID. That's what's sad. I know. It's so sad. 
I'll be out there soon. <laughs> well, that's a good answer. I've not had to stop any interview yet because they gave the wrong answer to the movie question. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad I passed. Yes, you passed. All right. Well, what about a favorite author of yours? Uh, that is super easy. Larry Crabb, Dr. Larry Crabb. Um, I've been reading his books for years. Um, my dad began giving me those books, like just because he read them when he was younger and he gave them to me. And they have been, they form so much of what I actually say on social media too, just because they really, yeah, they, he's written a lot of books and, and they're all fantastic. Awesome. Is there one that he's famous for? Or? Uh, Inside Out. Inside Out? That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a movie too, but that's not what it's about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, it's all about change and the biblical perspective of, of how change actually happens. And it's not from behavioral modification. It's, mm. it's through the gospel and through community and through transformation in Christ. And, and that was like a big shift for me. Gotcha. It's not about joy, sadness, disgust, and anger. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But that would have been a good uh, book too. Well, good. I'll have to check that out. So what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, yeah, I'm a big sports guy. I love sports. And it is just one of those things where I, I, I like it was sad for me when sports were off the TV because that was kind of my unwind thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I love to play sports and I do a little bit of music, but I'm not good. And so, you know, people online, I'll talk about me playing something and they're like, oh, let me hear something. I'm like, you do not want to hear this. This is not good. This is like twinkle, twinkle, little star type type deal. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then what about a favorite go-to Bible verse of yours? Favorite go-to Bible verse? Um, it's hard to pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess what I usually go back to is one of my favorites um it's in james i think it's james one i can't exactly remember what it is but it's talking about lot of the proud and grace of the humble mm. i can't exactly remember where their quotation is from yeah but i use that all the time in just evangelism and that kind of thing because just but it's big part of my testimony is this idea of law and grace and and i quote that all the time awesome well cool go moving on to discernment uh I like to ask all my guests, you know, a time that they had discernment in their life, you know, either a time that they were led by the Bible or the Holy Spirit or godly mm. relationships around them. And then a time that you maybe didn't. And, you know, through those experiences, hopefully the audience can learn and maybe apply similar themes to their life when they make those decisions. So if you don't mind mm. sharing with us a time when you maybe had discernment and then a, maybe a time you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a, a time that I, I actually had discernment and this is all a gift from God, obviously, like he's that one, he's the one that leads you in that path. Right. Yeah. But it was actually in regard to my book, I had written, written my book and it was all in manuscript form and I kind of put it away. And, um, and I was just, you know, I was kind of just thinking about it and just wondering what I should do with it. And after numerous conversations with different people in my life, wise people, I realized that it was actually a time that I make a move on it, that I launch a Kickstarter, which I ended up doing and, and to get it moving because the only reason I was holding back was out of fear. And mm. so that was good discernment and be able to talk to a whole bunch of people in my life that were just wise. And, and for me, I don't know a lot. I don't have a lot of life experience. So that is so like essential. So that was something that definitely was good discernment and then not so good discernment. Uh, probably take you back about a year from year back um, last year. And it was a video that it was about a topic that was kind of hot in Christianity, something controversial. And I was thinking, this is going to be a great time. Make a video real quick. I had seen a couple of people's hot takes on it. I'll make a video, put it out, get lots of views, 
great, we're good. And that's what I did with the mindset of like, this is going to be, this is going to blow up kind of thing. And after having it up for a little bit, um, I had a couple of people in my life kind of talk to me about it and say, hey, what was your heart in this video? Because I don't think it really reflects Christ or, and it doesn't really reflect your kind of heart anyway. And I realized that I had just made a crucial mistake in, in literally my heart was, I, I just want to get views. I just want to want, want people to pay attention to me as opposed to where would Christ have me in this? Mm. And, and how could I best talk about this if I'm going to at all? And so I ended up pulling the video, privating it. And that was a huge lesson for me in just putting out content is being thoughtful and, and talking to different people in my life about the different topics I'm going to talk about. That's good. We'll have to talk more about discernment and social media later, but that's something that I think we all, whether you put out videos or just type comments online or write an email or a text to somebody, you know, or what happens to be the first response to things is usually not the most grace-filled one. Yeah. And if even with truth, you know, we need to mix love and truth together. And so mm. even if you're, putting out a video that might be edgy and has all this truth to it, but it's actually going to tear people down and not show the love of Christ. That's something that I think, you know, we have to be careful of and make sure that, you know, there's a time and place for both and you can also mix both together. Uh, But it's good that you listen to those people in your life that kind of, you know, guided you a little bit. And it's a difference between, you know, a comment coming from someone you don't know versus people that already have a relationship with you you know, those are the people we should be listening to because they know our heart. They know what we're trying to convey. And if if they're the ones to correct us, you know, it would be wise for us to listen to them, whether it's, you know, a godly friend, a pastor, or somebody that provides that correction, you know, our first response might be that, oh, I did nothing wrong. I'm fine. You know, but uh, it's discernment to say, well, let me hear where they're coming from. Let me reanalyze my Mm -hmm. motives and then make sure God gets the glory. Absolutely. Cool. So moving on to your book, uh, your book is a letter to my father, what your son wants to tell you, but doesn't. So I'd like you to explain just maybe your heart in writing it. And what do you hope people get out of it? Yeah, I mean, in, in writing this book, at the core of, of why, I, why I even did it, I've had numerous conversations with my dad. My dad is such an influential part in my life and, and why I am doing what I'm doing. And just so many of those conversations were often built around this idea and, and this realization that there is a growing gap between fathers and sons, whether we like it or not. And even with me and my dad and how we talk consistently and we're in each other's lives and, and it, we could feel that gap just making itself known. And so what I wanted to do with this book is that, you know, I wanted to verbalize a lot of the things that young men don't say, because we're not that good at communicating both fathers and sons, men generally, we're not super great at communicating yeah. and, and talking about what's on our mind or what's on our heart or the struggles or issues or questions. So what I wanted to be is just that kind of sounding board to say, Hey, this is what young men are going through. These are the questions they have about life, about purpose, about finding their calling, about girls, about, you know, all this, all this different thing. And, and I think it's so, it's so exciting that fathers are kind of invited into this journey with their sons saying that, Hey, your, your son doesn't need a perfect dad, but he needs you. He needs your presence in his life. And that's my heart in the book is just that that gap would shrink because we're intentional about communicating and, and really being godly in how we relate with one another. That's good. I like how it's written. It's, it's, you know, I've read 
parenting books before and it's all about do this, do that. And the way your book is written, it's, it's done from the son's perspective in letters, the letters written to his father. And I think it was just a really cool way to kind of understand the heart behind sons. I mean, it, you know, there's generalization and stuff, but I think yeah. in general, when you read it, you understand that these are common themes that many children and sons and conflict between sons and their fathers that are faced. But like you said, they're not talked about. And, you know, guys, I think will tend to, you know, and this is generalization as well, but, you know, guys will tend to go play sports or, or go watch a movie or, or go hang out, you know, and not get to the deep root of what's going on. And I think it made me mindful because I have a son who's 11 and I need to think about ways I'm connecting with him and things that he's going to not tell me because, and I think you put in your book, you know, he doesn't want to, to sound like a disappointment. He doesn't want to say the wrong thing or, or all those things that might keep him from saying what's really on his heart. And so, you know, as parents, we have to have discernment on what we say and, and how we interact with our children. And you say that your son wants to know that he is worth your time. I really like that, that statement. So how do you feel parents can be present mm. in their children's lives, even if their children say they don't want them to be, you know, children might say, mm. I'm fine. I don't, I don't need to hang out, you know, especially when they get in the teen years, it's like, I want my independence. But what is the lesson here to be said for parents to be connected, but also give children their independence? Yeah, I mean, I think just from personal experience, um, you know, I had those moments where I just wanted to pull away from my parents, not be, you know, really associated with them. I don't need you guys right now. I don't need your input in my life. Um, but I, I think of those things that pulled me back or bridged that gap weren't the things where they would ask like, hey, how is your school going? Or how is your, you know, how are your grades? Or are you getting that job? Or all those kind of things that that are kind of intrusive in, in my life or maybe more seemingly judgmental things sure. were the things where they would say, Hey, what do you, what do you, what, what are your interests right now? You know, talking about my passion in terms of video creation or because I think we're so used to as children being on the defensive, like needing to, you know, justify our actions or justify our decisions. But if you can on the level of just asking like that was the moment when my dad just came in and asking me what I'm interested in I'm then opening up to him about those things and that's building trust and then from there I'm more open like nowadays my relationship with my dad I'm more open because we started at that ground level of just kind of like silly frivolous things I can tell him what my deep struggles are right now or, or, or my doubts about my faith or, or just my questions that go unanswered and just developing that ongoing conversation. That is just huge. And beginning at that level of just what are your interests, asking questions that aren't intrusive. That's helpful. Yeah, that's good. And it's not just like a one-time fix. It's, it's a relationship mm. and, and you don't, you don't build a relationship overnight and if the relationship is strained you know you can't expect like you're going to read a book and just fix it magically it takes yeah. time and a part of everyday discernment which is my my podcast is that having discernment with our children every day growing that relationship leading them spiritually helping them form that relationship because if we're not building the relationship there's a good chance we're destroying it and we don't even know it 
And that's, yeah. that's, that's my fear with, with my kids. Or I think every parent's fear is, you know, how can I stay relevant in their lives, also lead them and speak truth, uh, you know, in a way that's not necessarily authoritative, but that they also understand I'm the authority. Mm. It, it's a tough balance because, absolutely, you know, I don't want to just be their, their friend 100% of the time. I want them to respect me as the authority in the household, but at the same time, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's a balance. It's a tough balance. And so yeah. what would you say about training up our children spiritually, you know, some good tips for doing that in a way that kind of gets on their level? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like, I'm kind of first person perspective, I'm not a parent, but from kind of a kid's perspective, because I'm closer to that than I, I who knows, but, yeah. but I would say the biggest things for me kind of going back to that ongoing conversation was putting a real emphasis on the scripture. That's where we began. Like yeah. from an early age, I always remember when I would ask questions or when I would have, you know, just be struggling with something for them, it was always pointing me back to the scripture as the authority, which, which from like a young age, that does something to your mind when you're asking your own questions on your own time. Now you're thinking, what, what is the answer to this? Well, my parents always led back to this Bible. Well, let me see what it has for me. And so being intentional with that kind of, you know, daily practice of going to the scripture and being intentional about incorporating that into, I think we can get in this place where we're going to have nice hearts, but that vulnerability needs to go somewhere. And ultimately we can go to the scripture. Yeah, that's great. So your book is about, you know, sons connecting with their fathers. What would you say to mothers listening right now on how to connect to their children or also helping their husbands connect because, hmm. you know, I don't want to generalize mothers, but mothers generally, you know, I'm going to say it generally will connect with their kids better. You know, the mother's mm -hmm. love, all these terms that, you know, yeah. mothers tend to connect better with their children, you know, and husbands, like we talked about may not, but what is, what is a, a mother's role in this process of helping their father and son connect and also being, you know, maybe the gap in between. Mm, yeah, well, it, it's interesting because that kind of idea, when I began writing this book, I, I told it, you know, told the premise to the people and they're like, hey, well, that's good. But like, you think fathers are going to read a book about father-son relationships? Like yeah. fathers just generalize again, like it, just a lot of people just don't, aren't really into that. That's not, that's kind of too touchy-feely. And, and I think, you know, mothers play an amazing role and I've seen it because a lot of mothers have, have bought my book and read my book and, and actually used it as a piece to bridge that gap. Because I think at the heart of it, you know, when you think of a child and whatever, you know, or just a teenager, right? On average, and I'm going to say, you know, we're generalizing again, but this is kind of the realm we're playing in. It's yeah. just like that compassionate um, spirit of a mother that a mother often has, like to me as a mother, like hone into that, but also like speaking to dads and stuff like that, like in conversations with my dad, it's not like fathers are like, I just don't want to pay attention to any of this and I want to watch my sports. No, it's, it's that dads are having their own struggles and doubts and questions and insecurities about this too. Right. So if you can help to be that voice that says, look, he doesn't need a perfect dad. He needs you. Yeah. Huge to just yeah. help bridge those insecurities because God has placed, you know, the husband, the father in that role and just encouraging him to step into that 
even though he feels inequipped, that's the place we got to be. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. And at some point with the spiritual walk of children, and, and I found this in my life too, you know, the faith that parents place on them and teach them has to become their own at some point. And, you know, while they're learning and growing at a younger age, it's, it's your parents' faith. You know, they, they, may, they may love Jesus. They may know parts of the Bible. They may know the stories. But when the parents are out of the picture, and this happened for me in college when I took religion classes and I had all these questions I never thought of before. And it really had to get to the point where, okay, what do I believe? I know what I've said I've believed my whole life, but I had to, I had to work that out. And so I think that's important too, is to understand that we have, as parents, we have an, an enormously important job to train our children, hmm. but we also have to help them navigate the questions and the doubts and the culture and all these influences that try to pull them. And we have yeah. to let them know that it's okay to doubt. It's okay hmm. to ask questions. It's okay if you, if you don't believe exactly and you're working out your faith, I'll be there for you. I'll help you. You know, what would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, there's a chapter in the book called uh, Wait For Me. And I wanted to write this because I think whether, you know, your child is like a, a full-on kind of prodigal just going their own way or whether they're just in the midst of asking very tough questions, foundational questions, I think for every child, our heart's desire to our parents would just be wait for me. Yeah. Like help me, but also just wait for me because I'm trying to sort this stuff out. And I think a lot of times, and I've seen it in people in my life and, and it's just like all of a sudden when kids start asking the important questions and maybe going in this place of, of being unsure about their faith, you know, then parents are going to, you know, start freaking out or, Oh no, we got to fix them and that kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously there needs to be that help. But as, as a child, it's just like, just wait for me, wait for me to come home. Because I think the, the stern eyes of, of judgment never coax a prodigal home. Right. Like when, when we are, when we're all just like, you got to do this, right. You got to do this, right. You got to get on the straight and narrow and not leaving room for a child to ask those tough questions. We're missing out on growth too. Cause that's a lot of where growth happens. And so, yeah, for parents, just wait for them wait for them be with them answer questions point them to the gospel point them to christ but ultimately it's that patient love that is so necessary yeah and i read the just about a year and a half ago i read the verse train a child in the way he will go and when he was old he will not depart from it and i never realized that it didn't say he will never depart from it it says when he is old he will not depart from it and so it leaves a gap for them to be that prodigal, for them to have questions, you know, and that's our prayers for them, obviously not to do that. But I think it's, as parents, it might be the hardest thing in the world to let them go and let them find their path and hopefully come back to the foundation that we built in them. And so I would just say, keep praying, always keep praying, understand that the foundation you built is not in vain, that God will use that for his will. But sometimes they have to find that journey. And in, at some age, I don't know what age it is. I'm sure my son's approaching it. They, kids, you know, assume their parents don't know anything. And yeah. we've all been through that. And so it's important too, to make sure that they're surrounded by other voices, whether it's a youth group, a pastor, godly friends, 
what they consume on the internet, voices that they will listen to if, you know, whatever age ranges where they're just kind of shut off to their parents because they're old and they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. We have to be aware of the fact that we might be as parents speaking all the truth in the world, but it's going to fall on deaf ears just because it's what happens to everybody, you know, <laughs> with kids. So, yeah, cool. So back to social media, you know, we kind of talked about this briefly, but you post a lot of content and we've talked about, you know, what it might look like to not post the right thing, but in general, what rules do you kind of follow on, on what to post, what not to post, what to engage with, what to ignore, because we know that we could be caught up for days on, on all the negative comments. If we responded to each one, we'd go crazy. But with what you've seen online and the way people react to what the content you put out there, what is, what are some common themes with, with what you do? Mm, Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a tough discernment process in figuring those questions out for sure. At this point, I've gotten to this place where uh, a lot of my concern is with motivation. So where, where, where is my creativity or what am I creating this out of? Am I creating it out of fear or a desire to gain love from people or gain acceptance from people or anger? Um, Or am I creating this out of an overflow of the love that God has already given me or the truth that, uh, that is in him? And so evaluating that motivation for literally every piece of content is like essential for me. What am I doing? Because we all get in those places, if you're on social media at all, where you're thinking, how can I get more engagement? How can I boost this kind of thing? And, and obviously there's a place to best, you know, how to best serve your audience. But where is my motivation here? That's huge. Also in terms of like interacting with people online, there gets to a point where, you know, the Bible says not to throw pearls before swine. And, yeah. and that's the language the Bible uses. And so if somebody's not interested in the gospel, if they're very hostile to the gospel, that's a sign to me that there's more work to be done. That doesn't mean you, you know, write that person off or cast them away. It just says, it just means, okay, that person needs to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. That's something the only Holy Spirit can do. And so I've become more um, detached from some of those online, you know, comment debates, um, just because I don't see as much value in them as I used to. Um, but it's a case by case basis. It's like yeah. this, this idea of, you know, everyday discernment, you know, yeah. it really is. Yeah. And I've seen that too, where you can tell when someone's asking comments about all the hot button questions in the Bible, you know, Leviticus and all these things that people throw out that don't have the Holy spirit to provide the revelation to, mm-hmm. to the Bible. And so I almost feel like you're not even on the same page to be able to interpret scripture at that point, if they don't have the Holy Spirit, if they're not following Jesus, it just becomes a book that they're going to critique and not be satisfied with whatever answer I give. And so I've had to tell those people, you know, good luck on your journey. Like God's going to be there. You know, there are answers to those questions, but I don't feel like I'm always the one to give, go back and forth, like you're saying. Mm. And even for those that aren't influencers, you know, everyone, uh, you know, I would assume almost everyone at this point has a Facebook except my mom and dad, but you know, you know, everyone has those on their feed where they say, I'm going to involve myself in this political conversation, in this hot button debate, in this post that everyone just needs to hear what I have to say. You know, that's our thought process. I have the answer. I have it'll, it'll, it'll quelch all the arguments because I'm going to say this truth right now. And we know that doesn't happen (laughs) that way. 
And so mm-hmm. I used to post things 10 plus years ago that I see in my time hop that I'm embarrassed by. And so I've had to learn over the years that, you know, it's okay to scroll on by. And it's actually mm-hmm. even better to, to turn off social media and maybe check it once or twice a day. You know, I'm still not, I'm still not there yet, but I know people that, that are able to do that, that don't check it right when they wake up and right when they go to bed. And I think it's harder when you're an influencer and all that. But I think if you can find that discipline to put it down, put it in its place, because social media breeds discontentment like none other, you know, we don't even know, Mm -hmm. we don't even know the, 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 the stats on that because it, social media is still a newer thing. I mean, even though it's blown up and that's all some people know, I remember a time when there was no such thing as social media and the, the seeing people at their best, seeing people, you know, at the perfect picture and, and all these things breeds discontentment. And so we, we have to ultimately as Christians find our contentment in God. And if we're going to use a platform like that to use it, to glorify him and, I mean, there's nothing wrong with sharing a, a cat meme or pictures of your kids, but, you know, I think it's very important to put social media where it needs to be in your life. And that's along the bottom of your priorities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, social media distorts your perspective, right? Like it really yeah. does. And for people that are on there a lot, like I am, I post a lot, like it, it really just messes with your mind and, and part of that whole discernment process, honestly, is stepping away, like you said, and just taking time to really process what's going on. Because otherwise, you get caught up in the vortex of just like, you know, saying one thing, saying another, and maybe it's not that helpful. So yeah, stepping away for sure is important. Yeah, I'm going to plug a a book from Craig Groeschel. It's called Liking Jesus. And it's the best book I've read on balance with social media. So I would encourage everyone to check that out if you're interested in learning more. And my book has a chapter on it as well. So, you know, I will plug my book, obviously. (laughs) There you go. Cool. So your ministry, again, is called Daily Disciple. So what does it mean for Christians living now to be a disciple? And what steps does one take to grow in the Lord? Mm, I think the foundation is the gospel, right? It's it's man's sin and rebellion against God. And then it's seeing Jesus on the cross who lived that perfect life, a life that we could not live to die on the cross, a death we deserve to die, rising again from the dead, defeating death and the devil. And if we repent and turn from our sins, trust in Christ, we can be saved. That's the path. That is how you become a disciple. There's no half disciples or, you know, in between disciples, you're either a disciple or you're not. In the Bible, it talks about us picking up our cross and following Christ. When this idea of picking up our cross, people that picked up a cross, they were going to die, right? And that's a like, what the, what? I'm supposed to die? But it's this idea of dying to ourselves every day, our own desires. And this is very foreign to the culture. This idea of self-denial. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you not just let all your desires and just do whatever you want? That's foreign. But the Bible calls us to pick up our cross and follow him, deny ourselves. That's a huge aspect, right? Those things don't save us, right? Right. But those are a sign that we're saved, that we're following Christ daily. It's by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of our works, right? But our fruit, reading the Bible, praying, that being discerning of, of things on a daily basis, right? Walking with people in our community that are Christians, that are encouraging, all that kind of thing. That's, that's our fruit, and that's an expression of where our roots are planted, 
And if they're planted in Christ, our fruit is going to slowly but surely show that. Yeah, that's good. So what kinds of things do you teach those that go to your website or, or what kind of resources do you have to help with that walk? Yeah, I mean, it really starts with the YouTube channel. So Daily Disciple, there's probably hundreds of videos on there at this point. I'm talking about a whole bunch of different topics having to do all with the Christian life. How do you follow Jesus daily? What happens when you encounter struggles and you start doubting God? You know, just the the basics of the faith, they're going to be on there. So check it out, Daily Disciple. Um, Those are really the key things. It's these daily things. You know, even talking about my own personal experience, experiencing a lot of anxiety and depression, how does God fit into that in our daily walk? Because we we often think of Jesus in the gospel as just one, put it in a box, yeah. but it affects every aspect of our life. So I talk about it all. That's great. And I love the name because obviously my name, Everyday Discernment, you know, I, I found the need for mm. trying to help Christians grow in those decisions daily that we make that often we think that, all right, I'm a Christian now, you know, I'm at the finish line, but actually at the starting point, we're running the Christian race and it's a long process to get there, AKA the rest of your life. And so if there's mm-hmm. not someone to come alongside you and give you that, those information, the, the resources, the, the motivation, the support, all those things, you know, I feel a lot of Christians may be left at the altar when they give their life to Jesus and say, and there's not that discipleship in some churches, you know, some, many churches do it, but I think it's twofold. There are either not the resources given or there's resources out there, which we know, but Christians aren't seeking it. Mm. And, that, and that is on them because, you know, being aware of our need, our struggle, our weaknesses is key. And then mm-hmm. understanding what I need to do to fill those gaps, to mm-hmm. understand I don't have it all together, to understand, like you said, you might be struggling with depression or lust or anger, all these things that we know is not right once you're a Christian, but are you going to succumb to those, those feelings or are you going to give them to God? And what does that look like? You know, someone mm-hmm. brand new to the faith, it's just a struggle to know how to read your Bible because it's intimidating, let alone, okay, now I'm going to be bombarded with, you know, my old friends, my old sin that's going to creep back, all these questions that I still don't know the answer to, even though I'm determined to follow Jesus. I made that decision yesterday, but I can just imagine how overwhelming that can be for people. And so, Hmm. you know, I, I, I want Christians to know, no matter you've been at it a day or you've been at it for 30 years, it is an everyday thing mm-hmm. because we're not perfect and we never will be. We're on a road to sanctification. We're on a race and we have to be joined together by brothers and sisters in the Lord who can spur us on. The Bible says to spur each other on towards the upward call in Christ Jesus. I might've mm. combined two verses there, but you know, that's kind yeah. of what I feel like your goal is. And I know a lot of others, um, who are trying to help Christians grow. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, definitely that, that that idea of yeah, every single day and and knowing that you're you're not alone in this part of why I wanted to write my book as I did was just to help fathers and sons be that kind of like walking on the path of sanctification down that road because it is an everyday thing where new questions, new struggles, um, but as long as we're we're committed to continuing to follow even when we fall down, that's the place we got to be. Yeah. 
And something I recently started is just saying eyes on Jesus, like at the end of my videos mm. or using the hashtag because that's good. Ultimately, that's what it's about. And if our eyes are anywhere else, if it's at, if it's on the political scene, if it's on anything else in the world, if it's on, you know, you name it, if it's on anything mm. but Jesus, it's on sinking sand. We have to build our foundation on Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on him at all time because that's what, that's what was the problem for Peter when he tried to walk on water, right? I mean, he, he took his eyes off Jesus mm. and he started to fall. And so whenever we feel like we're falling, focus back on Jesus and he's going to withhold us and sustain us and lead us through the struggle. It's not always, you know, I, a lot of people are drawn to Christianity sometimes the wrong way by thinking it's a, a prosperity thing or they think it's a freedom from anything that they're going to face that's that's negative but it's actually if that's your motivation it's it's what brought you to christianity is the wrong thing what what should bring you is is jesus 100 mm -hmm. percent, who he is what he did for us and where we're going with him that's that's the gospel message amen cool isaac well go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you and anything else you want to let people know about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys are interested in following any of my content, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at it's Isaac David at it's Isaac David. Uh, I post there almost every day and uh, you can follow my daily disciple ministry Instagram at, at daily disciple men and my YouTube channel, which I post weekly videos there coming up on my two year anniversary of posting weekly videos. Uh, it's called daily disciple. So you can check it out. Cool. And your book and yeah, absolutely. The book uh, you can get on dailydisciple.ca, dailydisciple.ca. Pick it up. It's on Amazon. Ships everywhere. <laughs> yeah, cool. you can pick it up. And that is a letter to my father and I will have it in the show notes and I would encourage uh, parents and children, I mean, alike, just you're going to get something out of it 100%. So thank you for writing that. Thank you for being on. God bless you, sir, and your ministry. Thank you, Tim. It's been an absolute pleasure, brother. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for being here. And if you love this podcast, please leave a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. You can either do a quick click of the five stars, and I would also appreciate the extra time to write a written review as well. And for next week, Billy Hallowell is on the podcast. He has an extensive resume, and he also has a book that he just released called Playing With Fire. We're going to talk about that next week. Until then, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.